You are listening to the Class Town Podcast. I am still your host, Chino Liao. Last I checked, that was still my name. Um, and thank you for joining me on episode number 13. How have you guys been doing? I am myself am doing extra well, especially with our topic today. Because 90% of the time, I'll be honest, I don't know what the guests are talking about. I don't know. You think I know about interior design <laughs> or finances or culinary arts? No, I don't know anything about anything. Neurology, forget that. I don't know about that. But what I do know about is comic books. I am a huge lover of comic bookery, and I love how I got two of the country's, the country's finest comic book artist on with me today. That is Giselle Nicolas and Rob Cham. Also joining this conversation is a fellow stand-up comic you may have heard on this very episode before. His name is Andren Ber- uh, Podcast. Before, his name is Andren Bernardo. This is a very special episode, and I will say, uh, before we even get started, that this goes very nerdy. It gets very deep, right? It gets very, very deep. But it's my podcast, so you don't have a choice except to sit back, relax, and listen to four nerds talk about comic books. Yes, is a comic book artist and just an artist extraordinaire in general. Let's welcome Rob Cham. The one in- Hey Rob, how are you? How's 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 recording with the other comics? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm pretty good, man. Like all things considered, I'm yeah, surviving. You haven't left the house in months. You're a generally chiller person, like compared to all the people that I talk. To. <laughs> <laughs> Chill scale, parang masa 10k. Oh, man. Yeah, and what's unique is like people pretend to be that. But Rob really is that guy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty relaxed. Uh, our next guest on the podcast, we have two more guests on here, on here, is also a comic book artist and a dabbling podcaster and stand-up comedian. Hello to Giselle Nicolas, guys, on the podcast. Hello. Uh, we are actually using StreamYard to record this, and Jotel is in black and white with a mohawk. He looks like he's about to deliver his mass shooter. last video that's what it looks like right now. Very just how quarantine mo. How are you? Uh I just got done with some work for today. Tapos this is uh and all right. Uh and our last guest, you may have heard him or you has also been on the podcast before in a script writing episode. Sinama ko siya kasi trying partner in crime with Josel. It's a podcast in another that will have episodes. How many episodes do you guys have? Six. Six episodes. Okay. 
Sorry, no, I you back straight. You should have done research, you know. This is very. You got seven episodes. You got after the the hurty words, Bill. Medyo, would it be safe releasing this? I don't think so. Well, anyway, say hi to Hello, guys. Hello. Thank you for inviting me, Chino. And you, uh, I didn't know this in the last episode in which you have invited me. I didn't know I was talking to the writer from one merch for one merch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, so like, yeah. I didn't know I had to tell you that she also wrote one word chats. Uh, I would have been extra nervous. Accomplished <laughs> writer and a guy who wrote dick jokes for a living. <laughs> <laughs> She was she has admiration for comics. Yeah. She's a naturally comedic person. So, anyway, we're talking to two comic book artists in the Philippines. Um, guys, my first question is always to start at the very beginning. How did you guys get into um, this art form? So to speak, but I'm gonna comic book artist. Uh, Rob, you can start. All right. Um, when I was a kid, I always enjoyed reading like comics and children's books. But I grew up in Baguio, so I couldn't get my hands on any Marvel DC stuff. So all the comics that I would like to draw would be like the Hanna Barbera cartoons, Scooby Doo stuff like that, um, Peanuts, and then yeah, I just wanted to make my own comics, and I kept doing it until. Yeah, I got into comics when I moved to Manila, where I got to go to cons, meet other people, actually buy a Marvel and DC comic book. And then I started making my own comics, posting them online. Then that's how I kind of started in the community, where I just printed whatever comics I would post on my website, on Tumblr, and sold it as zines and met many friends, including Giselle who is my former housemate and my current best friend as well. Uh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. So you can have a Josie. How did you get into uh, comic artistry? Um, I got into comics because I read comics as a kid. And um, I got really into comics when I read Culture Crash. And also wasted by uh, the late Jerry Allen Gillan, and uh, yeah, I, it kind of clicked for me that I could make comics when I read Wasted because uh, it's not so much the actual work as it was the interview in the back matter of the book where he said that he was Filipino because I, I didn't think that any Filipino could um, make a comic book like that. So that's where I started. Like I just started uh, posting on his forums and just eventually attended one of the first comic cons here and stuff and started setting my own stuff yada 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 and met rob and now you're best friends oh <laughs> so okay you guys also do so you you guys also do other um art forms other mediums besides comics you see just he's a storybook artist uh rob you also Design uh, a lot of things out there in the in the world. exactly <laughs> apart from the <laughs> the PWR stuff that's really popping. 
so how how did you guys go into that? Is that like more of a day job aspect, or is it also something you wanted to dabble in? Okay. Um, so I've always wanted to make comics, and like I was just trying to find out how I can do that as a living here. Turns out there's not a lot of money in comics here. So yeah, when I would try to make money in college, I would do like portraits for people where people would be like, hey, draw my girlfriend, draw my boyfriend, do commissions like that. Then eventually just like tried to make money because yeah, like I was a kid with a business degree in management in Ateneo and I didn't really go to an art school. So everything I learned was from the internet where I downloaded PDFs, pirated software. And yeah, like back then in 2010, 2011, the design uh, industry was flourishing here in the Philippines, like Manila Design Week, Grafica Manila, stuff like that. So I made a lot of friends there. And then that's how I got like my first job doing web design. Then eventually I started doing storyboards and comics, art direction. I started teaching in Ateneo. I started teaching illustration. I started doing editorial work for Scott Magazine, Philippine Star, all these like different illustration jobs. So like eventually like I became well-versed in like the different fields of, oh, can you design a product? Yeah, sure. Can you design a website? Okay, I just needed the job so I could make money. <laughs> And did you know how to do all these things before? Or was it you learning uh, on the spot? Um, definitely like learning on the spot because all I knew before was I wanted to draw good. And then like at the at different jobs where it's like do design, do a flyer, do branding. So I had to learn logo design. I just read books that I got off the internet, read up on all the theories. And yeah, I'm just... I have fun with like learning new stuff. Like during quarantine, I learned harmonica. So, wow, <laughs> Bob Dylan. I was about to play uh, harmonica. Uh, Blue traveler over here. <laughs> uh, so, just said, how did you get into that that world, the man, uh, the world outside of comics? Like the um, outside of comics, I just. Yeah. I just made a lot of uh, connections when I was selling comics in Comic-Con. Rob is right. There's no direct money in um, comic books, but oh. you, you kind of can swindle your way into like a lot of stuff because they're, they're, because well, comic books you learn so much from, like uh, just using the programs, like the lettering and all of that design stuff. So you can kind of, you know, trick yourself into like certain situations where you can Oh, I can do this, but I've, I've never done this before. Um, I actually, my first job out of college, I made a, a comic book for K-Zone for like children's. Uh, classic. K-Zone. This was an... This Doc Brick, you said? Yeah. This was right after I made this comic book role play, which is this... Uh, it's like a hostel, but with like amputated children and stuff. So, <laughs> hostel the Eli Roth movie, or actually, because you're, you're a film guy, it's more Takashi Miike. 
nihilistic and weird, right? Yeah. And I remember, I'm sorry, uh, I'm just remembering stuff, but like, I remember Makoy, one of the, the local comic book style words, interviewed me here on like a website. And then Sir Jerry commented something like, because hey, the interview was posted on April 1, right? And Sir Jerry thought that it was an April Fool's joke. And he said something like, he said, um, this sounds like the plot of Kindergarten Cop. If it's real, then it's pretty cool. <laughs> so it's not an insult. It's like it, it, no, it, uh, it's my favorite thing ever that he's ever said. That's cool. That's a cool story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to. Jerry Alagilan on one of his last days uh, attending cons in one con when I was lucky enough to do one with the cool pals in the GB. They got me as the quote-unquote comic book expert. I don't know why. <laughs> I got to meet him that one time and I cut in front of all the people to get his signature. He said, I don't know And I went there. I saw Jerry Angilan. At first, I saw Elmer, the book that, that I've been looking for, one of his first books, right? Na tukod sa rooster na may problema. And then I bought it. And then I looked to my left and Jerry Angilan was right there. And so I asked him to sign it. And then pagtingin ko, there were 60 people were just bad because I cut it. <laughs> sorry, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, sorry. cool pals to to go on stage. So I was like, oh, okay, fuck it. Sorry, guys. Uh, ano mga nasa likod, Muchi? There's a large ice cream cone cutting cutting the line. <laughs> hey, fuck you, Anna. I didn't invite you here to insult me. Okay, I know we have a the discussion, David. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. comic books. A little bit like the first uh, comic I read. Like, yung bata pa, funny comics. Do you remember funny comics? Mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes, Thomas and Colab, the Combat Room. Yeah. Wow. So I don't hear about 2002 or <laughs> then no like so Pangasinan. <laughs> so it's been like, 2005, yeah. The fourth grade, like let's say 1994. Yeah, mga 90s. Yeah. Actually, yo, comics Tagal na to, eh, 90s na to. Anyway, guys, uh, total, nasabi nyo na na walang pera sa comics, no? How do you go about with your distribution process naman? Like, you make a comic, and then how does it go from there? <laughs> That's yeah. the question. Alright. So, when me and Giselle started, it was pretty much just go to con, sell there. That's your limited venue. And web comics were just starting, so that's one way to monetize it through ad traffic, online publishing, getting it abroad, stuff like that. But again, all we knew was try to get published locally by like local publishers. So we were hoping that this print would notice us or any other publisher, and that's how a lot of people go about the con scene, where these are 
cons you can lead up to because it's kind of hard to make a comic on a monthly basis here unless you have some funding from somewhere backing you up and yeah and you're kind of in charge of distribution manufacturing production editing editing uh and also like pr where you have to sell it online or with other people right now it's like oh sorry 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 so basically what you guys are saying is it's not like this big operation upon Marvel Comics na mababing sakay or mababing, mababing offices and branches na dinadaanan yung comics before it gets to the final product. It's like it's all through you guys. Since you guys created the thing, you also edit it, I guess, and, and market it and publish it in a way. Yeah. Most of us are independent publishers, but me and Giselle also have been published and worked with publishers before, like, processes we pitch something and then hopefully they like it and they don't give you the funds to create it they mostly pay for publishing rights so yeah, yeah it's like it's really off out of like you just have to do it for your passion or you really want to i don't want to be uh i don't want to be mayabang masyada right but like one time <laughs> i earned a total of eleven thousand. Oh, and then over a six-month period of working on a book. So, like, I know. Think, think about that. How Guys, that? Andre, Giselle is rolling in it, Andre. Giselle, <laughs> deep pockets, Giselle. Well, they have been published before, like, some of big book. Uh, yung mga nag-dedis. Like, nalala ko yung abangan sa Power Books. Binili ko rin yun. Rob, abangan. my editor then. Or my you, friend, my editor. Yeah. You pick I saw it. Yeah. And, and you guys also do artwork for other things, the right? Like, you know, cover that and uh, Rob designs t-shirts for, he designed a t-shirt rather for PWR, one of his many products. And Jocelyn published it. Uh, that's a book that Ryan Rems, the right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I actually chased, I chased that. I killed my editor. And when, uh, when see Ryan won, I was like, I want to project that I don't care if I don't make any money. I just want to work out with see. Yeah, All right. Okay. So, Rob, I want to ask you about um, your work with PWR. Since ninety percent of people who listen to this also listen to the rest of the wrestling podcast, that's my market. People who don't have anything to listen to, that's my market. So, uh, <laughs> you came up with with a, with a shirt, right? How did that how did the, the, the poster design, the shirt design? come about? How did you start working with PWR? All right. Um, I know this guy back from like graphic design days. His name is Adobe Rat. And then uh, he has this, he's working for this shirt line called MAFK. So I think they collabed with PWR and then uh, he was looking for artists to kind of put on a shirt that it's a streetwear or lifestyle kind of brand, so it wouldn't be what the PWR people would um, wear. The merch, it's not their merch. Not- yeah. So it's two different markets, but I guess he's a fan, and yeah, I guess PWR was a fan. Yeah. So when he approached me, I said yes immediately because I would go to the shows and I would like 
follow the plot lines. I would follow everyone's Twitter. Like I was a huge fan of PWR. So like, yes, I would like to do this. And then I had the idea of the shirt in mind already where it's like, I know I want to include as many wrestlers as possible and it has to be the ring and that there's an audience. Yeah, I wanted to celebrate PWR. And then like he was game, uh, let me do that. We ran it by PWR. They're like game. And then I said, you have a list of wrestlers you would want, and then they couldn't come up with who to put on. So I just like it's okay. Here uh, I have a list of my own <laughs> of who I can include from all the different factions, and then like different Easter eggs. I knew which ref I wanted to put in. Because <laughs> you're a fan yourself, but you watch PWR. Yeah, man, it's fucking awesome. Am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, go down. <laughs> all right, all right. Nobody, nobody's listening to this. It's fine. <laughs> like I was there when they were at I Academy. Like that's when I started going to shows and I remember how everyone was just like flubbing the moves and not doing so well. And eventually I still kept going because like all right, it's fun. And then like they kept getting better and better. I'm like, this is the best thing. I'm so happy and I miss it so much. Fuck you, quarantine. Fuck you, COVID. Fuck you, we, all, we all we are all Hurting the wrestlers most especially of the things uh wrestling shows, the live shows. Right? Uh you know, Andre, but tie say that go out of the way. Just because okay, this next question also applies to Andre in a way. Because comics essentially are a storytelling platform. So guys, kind of mostly Robin just Joselle and Andre then in terms of solid okay. How do you guys Come out with your stories. Like, what's the what's the concept conceptualization part like uh, for you guys? Yeah. Let's start and with Andrew. Yeah, let's start with Andrew. To get Andrew as a. Me and Andrew were supposed to make a comic book together. Oh yeah, we, we were supposed to make a comic, but it was just too stupid. Basically, no, no. it was like, um, for example, what if what if Twisted Metal existed? exists in the Philippines. Like what if like a certain like the next a certain rich billionaire funded a demolition derby here in the Philippines. And you know what the title was Chino? I don't know. It was called Carnage Pasada. And it was just like <laughs> basically twisted metal. So it was just this vehicle it's like an armored trice it's an armored tricycle versus an armored bus. Versus an armored pedicab. Like, it was really dumb. Man. Uh, I remember me and myself fought in one of my concepts because I wanted this guy to be sliced in half. And I wanted 10 rib cages to come out. <laughs> it, was just, it was a nod to like Mortal Kombat. Remember when in Mortal Kombat, when someone Wait, did a fatality? I can't believe this is the part that you're questioning. I mean, hindi yung magkaro ng demolition derby sa Pilipinas. Oh, trust me, I have a lot of questions about that concept. So, you know, I think, and then sabi din siya, no, that's dumb. No, we wanted to do it, but you know, as most things, we both of us didn't have time. So, like, I was doing stand-up. I was in with Solid OK. Uh, so I was busy doing his uh, storyboarding. So, yeah. 
we have there actual, wasn't just any we actually have breakdowns yeah. for the first issue it's just you know <laughs> yeah a matter of, of time to do it all right yeah. okay robin Giselle, the actual pros how did you guys start actually you guys both worked on the same comic book so how did you guys start with that concept design Huh? Uh, on our own comic books? Yeah, the back. Yeah. Um, I when when I started out, I, I one of my early comics was about um. Just stay, just stay with me. It's it's, it's great. It's a stupid comic book. It's it was about um. Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, Rico Yan, and uh, the guy who shot Lincoln. And it was all this parang meta meta stuff that was kind of like lost. And then when I did that, I realized that I didn't know what to do with the next issue. And I decided to write something that was more down to earth, which was like my life just as a pair. Because I realized that I couldn't write scripts and it was easier to just draw something that happened from my life. And that's where I really, I think, started working well as a comic book creator is just to write stories about my life. Which basically starts with like a couple of sketches and like some lines and stuff, and then eventually it finds its way into like a comic book, and that's how I I feel like my process has always been has just been like a, like a simple, and I work hard on, and eventually it becomes like a strip or like a whole comic book. Yeah. All right, okay, now, Rob, we go. Yeah, um, I wanted to share how like. One of the first indie comic books I bought in the Philippines in Manila when I moved here was actually Giselle's Windmills. So the way Wasted was what showed them like, ah, oh, there are people like this making comics here in the Philippines. Giselle was a big inspiration to me, where it's like, ah, oh, so people are making comics like this here. I want to tell my stories like this. Like at the time, I was reading a lot of web comics, and I thought, like, there's no way that us as like Filipino citizens could have that kind of like work or market. And then I saw that like in a small comic book shop in Kubao X, like there were all these indie comics and then I gravitated towards a bear and a comic called Windmills. And then like I was reading it, I was like, fuck, this is fucking awesome. It's amazing. So so, Giselle, matagal mo nang alam na idol ka pa sa Rob? Is that why? Yeah, man. Ayaw ko na. Pare, I'll tell you, like, Windmills 5 is still one of my all-time favorite comic books. Wow. Ever. Yeah. So, sorry. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, uh, did, I ever, oh. did I ever tell you a story when I first met you, Rob? So I uh, probably, but I forgot. Probably right. Uh, you were selling at the con, and you were still with your first girlfriend there, and um, um and I, I'd been selling like a couple of years na dun. Tapos you had like this long line, and I just walked by. Tapos parang and at this time, ah, mind you, uh, I had just broken up with like my my the girl. Oh no. Basta yung girlfriend ko in Windmills 5 moved to the States and we were not on good terms or like I was single or something. And I walked by yung table mo and I was like so pissed off. I was like, power couple yun ako bate, putang ina. 
<laughs> and then, and then, um, Makoy, the guy who interviewed me, your friend, namin, he he lent me yung comic book ni Rob, and like, oh my god, <laughs> really good stuff. I have to buy it. And yeah, I bought stuff. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I'm bitter ever since. Kaya nung bata bata. I used to be like, like him. I'll just never forget yung thought ko is like power couple din ako that. <laughs> Ah, uh, motherfucker. Did you say, may classic table Champ. happens every time we table together and parang, this is Rob Champ's table, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have been no someone that's like me, that's like me, that's like me and Kim opening to red. Like no, someone red. Ikaw, ikaw ganun ka. Like total red clone. Ganun. Oh yeah, nobody's gonna mistake Joselle for Rob Chan. Pero, <laughs> pero sometimes like para lang like if someone asks me what I do or something, like I'll just say, Oh, I, I ink to Rob. Like para like, I said, well, I was gonna know windmills. Eh. But I was like, no, I know how to make the honey rub. <laughs> 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 like, okay. Occupation of your housemate. Sorry. All right. Um, to answer your question, writing process, right? Yeah. Um, I started like Giselle did, where, yeah, and I, I made autobio comics because that's what I liked reading. I remember reading Jeffrey Brown, Craig Thompson, Casey Green, Kate Beaton, and then I wanted to make autobio comics, so that's how I started out. And then eventually, like, I started veering away from that because life was becoming increasingly complicated after college, where like you have to find jobs, you have to deal with losing your friends, stuff like that. So I put that into like my comics after that, like my graphic novels, where it was about heartbreak and growing up. And then eventually I stopped wanting to make comics about myself because I found it masturbatory already. I mean, I still make autobio comics. It's it's just, yeah, it's inherently masturbatory, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, so then I started thinking where I could grow as a comics artist. So I started collaborating with writers and then I learned from them then I started playing with the form, and then the way I write comics is playing a lot with how comics are built. So my first graphic novels were Light and Lost around 2015 and 2016, and they're silent comics. They have no words. Um, the reason for that is I thought it was one of the things that you could only do in comics. So it went from me examining the self and what life was to experimenting with the form, trying to tell a story using color, light, um, page, pages, paneling, and then, yeah, these days I write for different things where it's my own comics, um, articles for like CNN, and um, for this uh, comedy erotica um, performance group called Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Um, I heard of it. Cool. Um, yeah, I read, really good, I read, we want. Me and Chino was pretty good. Yeah, nakasabay namin sa isang gig. 
like a few years back. Si Dustin, si na kaibigan din namin ni Rob. Oh yeah, Dustin Celestino. Radley. You guys really go for it. That's what we love. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So my writing process is mostly like now it's all about structure and form and trying to build towards moments or build towards what I want people to take away from stuff, whether it's about losing or loss or discovering things. And for my comedy erotica pieces, it's about how funny sex could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very funny. Andre can relate. Andre has very fun sex all the time. Right, I'm, yeah. with my hand or a tanga product, yeah, yeah. yeah. dude. Like, masturbation is inherently funny, it? Like, you touch yeah. your junk enough times, and then something will happen. Like, that's when you have sex with someone, you stick your thing in, and they just like also enjoy it. Or, you ever think about how weird blowjobs are? You're putting a, di a dick in your mouth, and it's like, we've agreed yeah. this as a society. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is how. Yeah, I have a joke, yeah, have a joke like, if you, you could suck your own dick, would you? And yeah. I would. Like, so to the point that I don't masturbate, because I would just be sucking my own dick. Because <laughs> it feels better. That's the point of that joke, man. I don't do it anymore. You thought of that joke? Huh? You thought I, of that idea? Yeah, I thought of it. <laughs> I was going to make a I joke. I've never heard of that before from a comedian. <laughs> and, and from that dick joke, we are going to jump right into a commercial break. I uh, will just read a few things and tell you about the other shows from Podcast Network Asia, the very first show is about money, something all four of us have problems with. So <laughs> listen to this one. From First Metro Sec, put your hashtag first, put your, put hashtag your future first and get in the know with First Metro Sec. Listen and learn with this podcast as they teach you the ins and outs of trading and investing, catch up on all the important happening in the Philippine stock market with First Metro Sec. The second one, mas nakarate tayo This is the first one is uh, money. Okay, we can nakarate But this one nakarate tayo because this one is actually about retro geekery. Uh, let's take a trip back to the old days, ride the nostalgia and novelty with Usapang Retro. This one is about Anything retro, they cover everything from Pokemon, gaming, Star Wars, Pokemon, gaming, Nintendo. Lahat, lahat yan kasama dito sa Usapang Retro with your host, Angelo Mendez, as he geeks out with his friends and guests like over their favorite bits of nerd culture only on Usapang Retro. And finally, the third brand new show on Podcast Network Asia is called Tawalets. Sit down with host Aaron Cristobal and awesome lady Aaron Cristobal as we talk about the craft and comic through the eyes of local writers and performers and have fun while doing so. Listen to Tawalets and Tawana na tayo sa Tawalets. All right, back. Napaka-professional like CRC Anthony. 
to more of the podcast, you know, yes, Rob Chat. Sorry, cannot go again to say. Kailangan ko ng pera, guys, eh. Kasama yun sa kontrata natin. <laughs> All right? Yeah, like, I, I listen to ads on the podcast, you know. Yeah, yeah. You gotta do ads, man. You gotta do ads. You gotta, you gotta make that bet. You know? It's nice. Yeah. It's a nice segment, actually. When it, comes, when it comes to ads and podcasts, I enjoy it. Like, suddenly, the like, shift in gear. And you're just wondering, like, come on, how are they going to sell it? Yeah. Well, these are just show show ads from from was that a shot at me is that like a a disc did i miss a disc from rob chad no no it's not this you did very well uh, thanks <laughs> all right so now let's continue on to this comic book journey that you guys are on Andre just helping himself to another shot uh while he's doing that i'll ask you guys so art styles, you know, man, like when you draw, uh, is our comic something that heavily influences your art style? Comic? <laughs> yeah, and then anybody can start. Uh, yung, yung favorite, yung favorite, uh, yung influence ko kasi, uh, yung medyo obscure siyang artist, uh, si Leonardo da Vinci. So oh, yung primary uh, influences sa mga, mga never, drawings. Never, never heard. Uh, I'm more of a Donatello kind of guy, man. <laughs> but I'm also Raphael. Magaling din yun. Okay din yun. Okay din yun. You guys are gaming Ninja Turtles. Honestly, favorite artist ko, si Lord. Si Jesus or yung si Lordy Lordy Lord? Yung father, gaya gaya si Jesus. <laughs> You'll never be royals. That little. Lord Rivera. No, continue. Like, sino yung influences mo? Seriously, yung, the person who got me into comics talaga is uh, Culture Crash nung, nung uh, bata ako. And then high school, Jerry Alangilan, just hands down, ganun. If ever mag-drawing ako ng tao na nakasimangot, or bad trip, or like, nakapupi yung, yung kanyang mga jeans dahil yun Sir Jerry. Yun talaga yun. Call him Rob Chap. Um, wide pool of influences where, yeah, I always liked how comics looked, and then eventually like, yeah, and like big influences when I was a kid was The Far Side by Gary Larson, nice. Tintin, uh, Young Ligna Claire style. And then eventually when I started reading comics like Craig Thompson, Adrian Tamine, uh, Daniel Klaus, um, the, what's this? Uh, Tomer Hanukkah, Asaf Hanukkah, the Hanukkah brothers, um, really big influences on me. Uh, Casey Green from the internet. Um, Ikwood by Chris Onstad, like big influence on like what I find funny, which is this absurdist kind of webcomic from the 2000s. Uh, recently, like I've been enjoying um, this artist known as Abaddon. Um, they're, they make a webcomic called Kill Six Billion Demons. And like, it's the most insane webcomic I've ever read. 
I'd highly recommend it. Like, kill six billion demons. Is that uh, not James Stokoe, the artist? No, no. But yeah, thing. actually, like James Stokoe's big influence. Uh, Mobius, um, French cartoonist, legendary guy. Michael the Forge, uh, Jesse Moynihan. I keep going. Like I take like all these different things. Oh, okay. Magbigay ka pa ng pangalan ng na hindi naman kilala ni Jeff Smith. I yeah I no I don't know. <laughs> I also know Alan Moore. Alan Moore. Oh, Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby um, Stanley. Alan Moore. Who else? Tana Jack Kirby. Then man, like fuck. There's a phase in my life where like Kirby dots everywhere. Kirby dots. Now, na Rob. This this fucking guy, tosi Andren. He he's read um. All of you in Daredevil run ni Frank Miller and all of you Ronan in 80s stuff ni Frank Miller. So he's not like a slouch when it comes to comic books. He just has phases and shit. <laughs> yeah, um, I like how like he told the story, but like yeah, 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 but it's just so gnarly lang ng drawings niya sometimes. Yeah, yung Now he wants to say that he didn't like the way ba- he drew Batman as a fat guy so uh, the Dark Knight. <laughs> It's well written for he's fat. <laughs> <laughs> and like when I read Ron, and like, oh my god, did you know he's Samurai Jack or something? Like, yeah, pretty much. I think even the guy who made Samurai Jack acknowledges Frank Miller as an influence. Yeah. Yeah, Jendi's yeah, a big fan, man. Oh, the boy. See, Tarko, I can't taste that. Tarko. Yeah, there we go. Something, something. Anyway, uh, guys, so now that you've mentioned your influences, no, does that bleed into your other artwork that doesn't involve comic books? And if so, is that a good thing? Like, yeah, they ask you to draw a T-shirt. And you draw it the way you draw it, pero it looks like it's on a comic book. Is that something that you sort of struggle with, or that's something that you're okay with? Yeah, um, I have a range of styles because all of them kind of stem from that pen and ink style from comic books. But um, yeah, and like. Uh, it always depends on like the mood and tone I'm going for for like different pieces. Um, like a lot of illustration stuff. I mean, the influences do bleed into like the work I do, but it's more like I've kind of figured out my own style then. So that's kind of where it goes, where most of the clients I get are getting me because they know this is my style. You know about my portfolio, like um, did work for Uniqlo where they said, just do whatever you feel, how you can interpret this theme. And then other clients where it's like uh, San Miguel, like I did a campaign for them, did art direction for this one animated ad. And then 
yeah, and it's like those were two different like tones and shifts, but they were both my style. And I do stuff for editorial where it has to be more political, cartoony, and oh, I can just apply myself to that. Yeah. So is it hard to shift from the styles? Or is it something you just got used to? Uh, it's second nature to you. Um, it's it's not that hard to shift. Like I, some, it depends on the mood of the day. Sometimes I'll draw like dumb shit where it's like a butt with a face, and then yeah, that just makes me laugh. So I'll post it. Or other days I would spend hours intricate background that looks like it was like drawn for like weeks and it probably is but yeah like i have to shift styles when it comes to comics where i have to design things that work in repetition where either it's just backgrounds or characters so i have to keep a lot of stuff in mind where it's like the composition of a page how it flows consistent character design consistent character illustration uh mood lighting color so like that's where it shifts, where it's like, how do I tell a story? If it's through multiple images, single images, or if it's animation, then I have to figure out how things move, how I can make it easier for the animators to animate the stuff. So like, yeah, sometimes I don't have to think of a style. Sometimes it's like, ah, oh, do a website. And it's like, all right, just use Proxima Nova or Gotham and you're you're fine. Ariel Nen. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Okay. So as we wind down um, on the podcast, Rob, you mentioned that you do so much with in terms of your art and your your career. Um, are there things still out there that you want to do that have that haven't been done yet that you haven't done yet for that? Yeah. Um, Hi. My comics. Hello. Welcome back. Um. So. What I want to do is, uh, okay, so these are two ongoing things. I always wanted to make a band. Um, and yeah, I got to collaborate with some friends where we have a band called The Ravelos, where the, it's a concept oh, band, much like the Gorillas, where it's yeah. all virtual. Um, gorillas, uh, what's that? Josie and the Pussycats, Archies, all those are influences where I took the Mars Ravelo characters and th- made them my own, where like, they're just a punk band from the 80s who got displaced into our future now. And they're trying to get back to the past because our reality now is so dystopian that they want to go back and change things before any of the starts. Like We had a few music videos. We had a few songs on Spotify. Um, what I want to figure out is how to make that into a comic. Another project like that I want to pursue is a film an animated film. Um, recently, the about two years ago, um, Rocket Cheap Studios, um, the guys band Saving Sally, approached yeah. me and bought the rights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've worked with them before. I met him during some of the talks to schools where it's like they invite us as guests. And then, yeah, and he approached me and said he wants to adapt Light and Lost into a film. So... That's an ongoing thing where we've been to different pitches around Asia. We've been doing workshops. We've been storyboarding. We've been rewriting the script. 
we wanted to still have no words and just be told completely through images and sound and animation. So like, it's been hard to sell because people don't think that it will capture people's attention. And then now it's just a passion project. So like, eh. but good news is like, yeah, yeah, Rocket Sheep, like they're coming out with two films. One is Hayoka, which is finished. And like this week lang, like, the, the new animated version of Jazz's Atorna got like funding, so like it's gonna get made. So hopefully, my film is next. Yeah, nice. All right, All right. Yeah. yeah, and those are the stuff I want to pursue where it's like music nice. and movies. <laughs> you, want to, you want to branch out into other mediums in media rather, yeah. Alright, cool. Ikaw, Josel, may gusto ka bang projects na gawin na you just don't have the time for or you've uh, never had the to do? Uh, alam mo, I, kasi you know me as a comic book guy. Yeah. I mean, no, well, you knew me as a comedian first, diba? And uh, there was like a, <laughs> someone I've snarked never me. Known you as a comedian. Don't worry. <laughs> you've never <laughs> known me as a, no, no, no. Pero like, there was that uh, a couple of years and I was not pursuing comics actively and uh, I was uh, uh, doing comedy <laughs> for yeah. Yeah. No, 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 but like um, so when I came back I quit na comedy and shit tapos uh, I got to make like I don't know, last year I think I released four comic books or five more, I think I, I did like 150 pages last year uh Na comic books, I'm pretty proud of ganun. Um, and I was really happy because okay, I mean, I always knew that I was gonna be a comic book person first and foremost, and I'm able to do it. And uh, I, I don't make money off of it, but like I've gotten to this point of um, competency and professionalism that I'm pretty much happy with it, and I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna make comic books for the rest of my life, uh, regardless of whatever attention it gets me. Uh, I, I know then because ever since I first came out sa comics like 2009 or 2006, actually 2006 your first convention ko, it's been a steady sort of wane of like sales sa tao, pero like people know me. It's like, uh, oh, that's that guy. Ganun. Um, so, sorry, I'm, I'm gonna get philosophical, but like I'm there's nothing that I want to do in comics because I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna do all of it in comics. So that's not like even a question for me. So like currently in project call with my with my friend Adam David is this uh what do you call this? Dylan and Joan, which is basically gonna chronicle the life of these two uh film school brats, like this girl and this boy. Um so I'm doing that, and I'm really happy with that. Um, we're gonna do our own mythology thing that I'm kind of excited to come out with because I think uh, some people might get pissed off, <laughs> really pissed off. Pero like you know, this is coming from the guy who made yung uh, torture porn comic and then a children's comic book in the <laughs> same year. Um, pero like. Uh, I I want to make more stuff na like the past few years I've also made a lot of political comic books 
and like comic books for like uh, mga, uh about in Negros 40 then then yung we had a comic book published supplies na loosely based on our drug war and stuff i want to keep exploring the themes that you can put in comic books because like rob like we're both like huge nuts for like comic book form and how to, to abuse the form and how to present the form so recently i have been more focused on how to push what the form can say even if it's not even if there are like legit people in the local scene who are angry saying that comic books shouldn't be so political like there was this one fucking guy in a post to say yeah. some comic book and he said that I'm, I'm, in terms of you know, art, so, so comics, like I'm, I'm pretty much like set for it. I'm happy for it. Then I'm like, uh, maybe I want, I want to do this. I, I wanted to make this comic book about sickness and doctors, but like that's as far as I've gotten. It has some zombies in it, but like, I, uh, that that might be one of like the uh, main goals eventually. So, hindi mo na goal yung carnage pasad. You know, you know, you know. You know why I brought it up? Because you actually can I tell this story of how you thought about the Carnage Pasada, Andre? Yeah, sure. He thought of it because he was on a bus, and the daan na yung INC huge thing. Yung, uh, it you know? yeah. And he said, "What he said was, uh, you, you were you thought of it because you were lonely, you know." And I thought that was so beautiful. Tapos ang ganda lang nung you had a lot of great ideas. You just bring up your goddamn ribcage thing, but like I really no, think like, fascination <laughs> with love and violence in this country. You you lost you lost Jocelle at the number of rib cages a person. <laughs> I feel no, like you lost the man the number of I was already making I was already inking see AJ Bernardo sa Patay Kung Patay comics, that local zombie comic book, right? And I had already drawn my own fucking share of rib cages for the rest of my life. I hate <laughs> all of it. It's the worst thing to draw. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like I want. I I kind of want to know. I kind of want to make like a charity or something. Actually, we've also been mentoring like younger comic heroes, right? So, like on your end, you have your like people you're mentoring, and then on my end, I'm like helping well, out. All of the people that I mentored are like getting publishing deals, and it's not like I even really mentored them. It's like, did you like this? Yeah, I liked it. Okay, bye. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about that for a bit. Let's talk about since you brought it up. I didn't know you guys also do mentoring. Like I didn't know that was a thing in local comic book industries. So how does like how does one go about having somebody like Rob Chap or Giselle Nicolas mentor them? They just go to the table and say, Oh, can you mentor me? Or is there is there an audition process? They have to- 
Wow, no, anong ganyan, man? Wow, <laughs> oh, uh, may open mic. Kasi ako, wala akong alam, eh. So, may open mic ba? <laughs> may, may open mic comic making ba? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, there used to be. Yeah, we yeah. used to do something like that where um, it was called Reading Comics. We had it sa Uno Morato. It was um, Apple Santa Maria's idea where we wanted to have um, a gig place. Now imagine if Comic-Con was a concert. We just want something that, something like in Mosnam where comics, comic creators could read comics to an audience and then they could voice it and then they could people could buy their comics after so like yeah that's that was our open mic but yeah like that died when uno morato died <laughs> yeah that was that, that was a, no not that that was both rob and apple's idea that was a great idea because i remember you doing it to blue rocket rob and that's when I first, one of the first times I met you. It's a Blue mm-hmm. Rocket or Red Rocket. You remember that gig? Blue, Blue Rocket gig. Yeah, Blue Rocket. Yeah. That was a funny gig. Um, <laughs> as to how people get mentored, it's like, yeah, it's mostly like we make friends and then they ask us like, hey, what do you, th- I'm working on this comic, what do you think? Or I approach them like, I really like your comic, what are you working yeah. on next? And then usually yeah. we all help each other out yeah it's like uh there's like i i I always think about what this person said to me like always tell if you like someone's work always approach them and tell them that it's it's good no matter on your level because that might mean the world to them so i've always just followed that if i see someone's work that's good it's like oh i'm gonna tell them you know that's pretty cool man and then they're gonna say oh away from me gonna people yeah i remember when you came up to my table and said you liked my stuff <laughs> and now just i just got awkward again i only just had this awkward around admiration yeah, like um, when I started out in comics, no one told me how to do cons. So I learned from people who I knew, and the people who helped me was like, there's this artist named Albert Orr. Um, he let me table with him, and eventually Giselle helped me out. Where it's like we would talk about our comics, what we liked about each other's comics, and then what we were working on, and then we would table together, and then he would help me like table at more venues besides Comic-Con. So, like, yeah, I'm grateful for, like, that. So it's just paying it forward. And then, too bad there aren't any cons. Rob, yeah. Rob is, like, always the number one. There's this one thing, pay Rob. He's the number one nexus for promoting other creators. But, uh, honestly, he's, he's, like, always on the tip of that. Parang what's good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that balik to ni Giselle yung compliment kay Rob Chap. I guess I guess that's the I guess this is the episode. Thank you guys for talking this week. Cool. Circle jerk. Circle jerk. Always end with the circle jerk. Always end with the circle jerk. Uh do you guys have anything you'd like to promote, I suppose? Uh Rob? 
So start with you. Oh, um, you can check out my stuff at all the social media pages. Just search Rob Cham or look for at Rob Cham. Uh, you can check out my website at Rob Cham if you want to work with me. There's a contact form there. I would like some money. Miralco bill is insanely high for no goddamn reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Other things, uh, uh, check out um, all of the shows on this podcast network. You know, like hear people's stories, hear people discuss life, explore outside your boundaries. Uh, yeah. How's that for a plug? Yeah. Thank you, Rob Chan. <laughs> wow. Got a bonus plug from Rob Chan. Just yeah. added to promote Kabai. Uh, yeah, you can search my name on uh, Google, J O S E L N I C O L A S. There's a YouTube channel where nandin yung podcast namin and then Andrin and Giselle mistakes were made. And then I also do the side podcast, uh, Q Show with Giselle Nicolas. Uh, it's me interviewing people. Uh, it's it's a masquerade of me wanting to talk to people during this quarantine. Um, and uh, search for my Instagram. There are links to my comic books there. Um, and other than that, it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Okay, Andre, um, Solid okay. And um, nagmamarunong with Mikey Andres and Michael Sadi. <laughs> I'm deleting this episode. Just hey, it's a good podcast. I will not if have you want, If you want to listen to Hot Edge Lords, Barry, spewing venom, mamarunong. <laughs> Every day on Facebook at 7.30 p.m. Yeah. Thank you guys for doing this with me. Um, Comic-Con is going online where they're having an online comics market, so, so check out Comic-Con's Facebook page for more details. Right. I'm not affiliated, I just, I'd like to support. <laughs> yes. I will yeah. do that as well. Alright, guys, thank you again to Rob Chan, Joseph Nicolas, and Andrew Bernardo. Um, thank you to you, Chino. Thank you, Chino. All right, episode number 13 in the books. I'd like to thank my guests at this time, comic book artists, huh? See what they did there? Comic books, books, in the books, huh? Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I tried to make that pun. It did not work. We will forget that ever happened. And if you are listening up to this point, we can move on from that dark, dark time in this podcast and on to better things, like thanking my guests for this episode, Mr. Joselle Nicolas, Andrew Bernardo, and Rob Cham. Amazing fellas. Please check out Rob and Joselle's art on their social media pages. Also check out Andrew and Joselle's podcast, Mistakes Were Made. That's up on YouTube. Now, if you're a podcaster and you're still listening to this why? You, I'm pretty sure your podcast is better. But 
If you want to keep track of how much better your podcast actually is, then may I suggest logging on to podmetrics.co and using the code CLASSCLOUD. Sign up, keep track of your success, and let me know on social media how much better your podcast is doing. You can help me and help your podcast, and we can help each other in the podcasting world of today. Until next time, this has been a Podcast Network Asia production powered by Podmetrics. I have been Chino Leal. This has been Class Cloud. Goodbye.